You are listening to the Drew and Dan Podcast Network. The following is brought to you by the Expatriate Breakfast Burrito. Welcome to the Drew and Dan Podcast Experience. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Drew and Dan Podcast. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> we are we are diving in here. Um, normally, this podcast has a rocking intro where we discuss all things about the Bachelorette and the Bachelor and the current and yes. past seasons. And um, you know, we actually are going to be recording a live pod next weekend, live from Palm Springs, Dan. Actually, that's right, live poolside. I'm gonna have to bleep that out because I don't want people knowing where we are, but. Actually, if they look on our Instagrams, they'll figure it out. I'm going to bleep it out anyways, because it has mystery. <laughs> Live from Palm Springs. <laughs> I have to bleep it again. so we'll be live on location in palm springs and it's going to be um you know we're going to bring in some special guests we're gonna have a lot of different voices on the pod Mm -hmm. and and just to uh kind of tease it a little bit we're going to be discussing kind of the upcoming season of bachelor in paradise and um our first ever drew and dan podcast bachelor in paradise draft so yes, I'm very excited about that. It will also be our first ever Drew and Dan podcast underwater because we yeah. wanted to practice recording at the bottom of the pool. So yeah. that'll be fun. Yeah. Live poolside in Palm Springs. All right, that's well, Drew, I'm <laughs> I'm sitting up here in our spare room in our house in the Columbia River Gorge, and it's nasty outside. It's raining. It's cloudy. What do you got going there? You got a fan going behind you? Yeah, I got the fan Clear- on. Uh, clear skies and 95 degrees was riding the mountain bike this morning out in the wilderness just riding across the desert no more tumbles on a horse with no name it was a good time um but yeah yeah, i see beverage in your hand there we're sitting here in the air conditioning now and life is good and we got a drew and dan podcast rolling and um i don't know We'll uh, we'll see what we do, but the NBA postseason is in full swing. We're entering into yeah. the semifinals. Um, I felt like the first round kind of drug on. Did that did it feel like that to you? Yeah, I mean, there's only one sweep, right? Who's the sweep? Oh, the Celtics. Celtics over Nets. That was the only sweep. Warriors went five, but everything else was just kind of like prolonged. Speaking of the Celtics over the Nets, were the Nets your pick to come out of the East, or am I misremembering that? <laughs> they were. It was Nets and Suns, I think. Which yeah. Suns, Suns might still happen, but I don't know. The yeah. Nets. Something we were texting about Drew is like the Nets and the Lakers at the beginning of this season or preseason were the heavy favorites, um, both in both conference and. What I was wondering is like what when you think back, just like your history watching the NBA, can you remember there being a season where there are two more disappointing teams than the Nets and the Lakers this season in terms of like what their projections were? No, it was actually pretty incredible um, to see how that went down. Um, But it was also really weird because, I mean, the Kyrie thing was like this ongoing soap opera all season long. 
And I mean, KD was KD. I don't think he really dropped off, right? Although he had a bad playoff game there at the end. But just, I mean, during the yeah. season, KD was KD. Um, and then the Kyrie thing was just a mess. I guess my question for you, Dan, is at what point did you realize the Lakers were a total dumpster fire? Or did you just – because most people, the excuse was, oh, they got the injuries, got the injuries, they'll be fine. Just got to get get everyone back. Even LeBron was, like, tweeting stuff like, keep that same energy when it begins. You know, at what point did it really sink in for you, a Lakers fan, that it was not going to begin? Yeah, I think I'm generally a pretty glass-half-empty Lakers fan. Um, <clears throat> but I think the whole season I was kind of drinking that Kool-Aid of, like, yeah, they're like pretty bad right now, but I still like a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis more than most teams. So I think I kept telling myself, like, if they could get there, they have a shot. But then the close of the postseason came, it became apparent. <clears throat> I, for the record, I was never like worried about, I don't know. I didn't want Russell Westbrook. I was bummed when we got him, but I feel like you can always. I don't know, like he, postseason anyways, he's someone that you can, well, maybe Vogel would bench him or maybe, I don't know. I never saw Russell Westbrook as like a huge deal breaker. Um, he's a disappointment for sure, especially because it sounds like they could have gotten DeRozan, they could have, a Buddy Heel trade was on the table. So like every other option they could have done was a thousand times better. Now they're stuck with Russell Westbrook whose stock just keeps plummeting. But anyways, I... I think obviously by the time it became clear that they were like not going to make the playoffs, not even the play in game. I was like, Oh, they are just a really, really bad team. And there's something Anthony, something was up. Even when Anthony Davis was back, he wasn't himself. Um, I don't know if it's a mental thing. It's really hard for me to, you know, my feelings about LeBron. I, it's hard for me to take him seriously as a Lakers player when it's just clear. He's got so many other things on his plate. Like he's, he's a freak basketball player, but it's at a lot of times it seems like winning a championship for LA is like the last thing on his mind. So yeah, I don't know. It was, I mean, I've never been a Russell Westbrook fan. We could go back generations of this pod, go back to the early episodes. I have never <laughs> generations highly of, Russell Westbrook um I when he I mean he's an MVP winner and then the next season after that he averaged a triple double again and didn't even sniff the MVP so I think you know that tells you something about how people feel about him but it was actually shocking I've, I've always again on record on this podcast saying that Russell Westbrook cannot shoot the basketball he's a guard who can't shoot freak athlete can't mm -hmm. shoot but it was pretty shocking this year to see how bad his shooting was like his, I mean, and he just kept putting it up and putting it up. But I mean, how many times, how many highlights are there of him hitting the side of the backboard or missing that's bad on his jumper? I mean, an NBA, a, a former MVP, former all, you know, all-star point guard, all NBA, play, whatever, just shooting the ball so badly for the Lakers. I mean, and then you look at Alex Caruso, who maybe, when he was traded, you like didn't care one way or the other, maybe about Caruso, You're like mm -hmm. oh Caruso, whatever. But then you just see him thriving in Chicago, and he like actually took steps as a guard, and it's like, man, yeah, you know, 
if the Lakers just had a decent guard, whether it was Caruso, whether it was Lonzo Ball, whoever it was, I mean, that honestly changes everything, I think. I think they're at yeah. least, even without AD for most of the year, Lakers are an eight seed in the playoffs with a guard who can just shoot a little. Yeah. Yeah. That brings me to a, another thing we wanted to talk about, which is I feel like the Lakers mentality in getting free agents or making trades, it's always been, I mean, even look back to the season where we got um, Gary Payton and Carl Malone, right? It's like they do have the ability to attract big free agents like they did with LeBron, like they did with Dwight Howard, like they did with, um, I mean, Shaq way back in the mid nineties. Hey, can I have some of that? (laughs) Drew's pouring himself a very long pour of something. (laughs) And also it's one o'clock. I should say it's one o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. (laughs) Um, But I don't know what it is. It's like their scouting department is like based 10 years ago, always. It's like 10 years ago. So they get Russell Westbrook, right? And then uh, they get Carmelo Anthony. They get all these guys. So I feel like they're in denial about the state of the NBA currently, which is what we wanted to talk about and how – I don't know if you feel this way. You're probably more excited because your team is actually really, really good still. And you have Steph Curry, who's awesome. But it's really exciting to watch the NBA and be like, man, look at the like the top 10 players, top 15 players. They're all guys who we didn't really know anything about five years ago, for the most part, right? Um, there's so much new, exciting talent. Uh, I mean, the guy that comes to mind that you and me have talked about before is John Morant, right? This super explosive, super young, super fun player to watch. And have you looked at his stats like compared to Derrick Rose? I know we've talked about this before, but Derrick Rose won the MVP in 2011, right? Mm -hmm. And his stats that season compared to Jaws this season are like identical. I think Derrick averaged a little more assists, but Jaws shooting percentages are way higher. And you listen to people talk about him and Jaw is exciting, but like, I feel like, not a lot of people have him in their top five and MVP voting. A lot of people don't even have him in their top 10 where Derek Rose, same stats. His team was about just as good as Jaws team, but he won MVP over LeBron and over Dwayne Wade and over Kobe and over peak Dwight. So my question for you is it has, I don't know, has our understanding of what an MVP is changed or do you think there's way, way more talent today than there was 10 years ago? Does that question make sense? Yeah, I mean, the the level of talent in the league is absurd right now. Um, you know, I think he kind of asked two questions there that are different. But the first, talking about the MVP, forget MVP for a second. John Morant did win an award, which is even crazier. John Morant yeah. is NBA's most improved player. And he was a freak last year, I thought. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that was just a misapplication of the most improved player award. I mean, the fact that, yeah. um, you know, I think the, the other two guys that were up for it, you know, whatever the two guys that weren't even in the conversation, the guard for the Blazers, uh, Anthony Simons, Simons. Yeah. Is, I mean, maybe you could argue that he was actually really good. I, cause I thought, always thought he was really good. Um, but he just didn't play as much. So he is not that he improved dramatically. He just got more playing time. And then Jordan Poole literally went from a G leaguer who couldn't make a shot to a guy who's just 
killing. And it wasn't just in the postseason where he kind of got on the national stage, but mm-hmm. all season long, he's actually been just just murdering teams. And so Jordan Poole's not even the most improved conversation. John Morant, who was a freak show last year, he's a freak show this year, somehow wins that award. I don't quite get it. Um, but I mean, yeah, you can, you can make them actually finish your thought as you're taking a huge I was going to transition to the next part of your question, but what were we just going to say about that? Well, I was just saying the most improved this year, you can make the case for a lot of guys, right? Look at Darius Garland in Cleveland, even Jason Tatum to an extent, like we know he was a freak, but this year, what he's doing, what Marcus Smart's doing, what everyone on Boston's doing, all those guys took a huge leap. You look at, um, is it Jalen Brunson? That's the backup guard in yeah. Dallas. That dude's awesome. He's going to get a huge contract. It's, I mean, what I'm saying is like, it's just an exciting time to be in the NBA to see these young guys stepping up. Like Kevin Durant's not the same. He's still a freak, but he's not the same as he was five years ago. Yeah. You know, still great, but yeah, go yeah. ahead. You mentioned earlier, Dan, like top 10, top 15. And I actually don't think John Morant is in the top 10 right now. But I also don't think you can move yet. I don't think you can move LeBron out of the top 10. You can't move no. KD out of the top 10. KD's probably top. I mean, when he's KD, I mean, he's probably top one or two, right? I mean, he's just mm-hmm. an absolute freak show in basketball. So you still have a couple of those older guys. Steph Curry's an older guy who's obviously top, you know, three or four or whatever you want to call them. Um, I call them top two, but I understand I am very biased, but um, you know, then I don't, Jaws not top 10. I do think Tatum is top 10. I think Tatum is an absolute all NBA stud, you know, Um, obviously Luca's in there. Obviously Jokic is in there. I don't think Jokic is the MVP or should be the MVP, but he's got to win it, but I don't think he is. Um, you know, Embiid. I mean, uh, we didn't even say Giannis. We haven't even talked about Giannis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giannis. And then it's like, who? So Phoenix is the best team in basketball, best coach in basketball. Who in Phoenix is in your top 10? Is it Booker or is it Chris Paul? You could make a case for either one. Maybe Booker's top You could 10. also make a case for neither. Like, <laughs> you can't. You can. I'm serious. That's what I mean. Yeah, There's so much talent. Ten. But Yeah, I mean, Booker's for sure probably a top 15 player, but Chris Paul – Gosh, I hate to say it because I've never been a Chris Paul guy, but I mean, it's you, you can't deny that he's still just a killer, yeah. right? I mean, I don't know if he's a top mm-hmm. 10 NBA player, I, you, but again, you can make the argument. So there's just a crazy amount of talent. We haven't even scratched the surface of, you know, some of these teams. I mean, you could go around the league and point to just, you know, I mean, Miami is still an active team and it's like, we're not even talking about Miami. You know what I mean? They're still... yeah. They're still going. Oh, I think this this might be controversial. You tell me. I think Trey Young is a top ten player in the NBA. I I wouldn't put Trey above Jaw. I would. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I there. I mean, that just keeps proving your point though about the amount of talent and the amount of young talent we're living uh, in this time where you still have this old guard, uh, like amazing basketball players, Steph, LeBron, KD. And then you also have this young crew, you know, in the mix. Yeah. And they're all, you know, it's just really interesting. Um, there's no drop off in the league. No. Even from it, Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. It's again, I know I've said this a million times already this pod, but like, it's just really fun to see all this develop. I was I was thinking about even a guy like Pascal Siakam. He's like, 
I, I don't know where he'd rank in your top 50 or whatever, but he's a guy, wouldn't you say if he was in the league 10 or 15 years ago, he'd be like in the top five MVP voting. He He's just that like that four, that kind of Pau Gasol, Carlos Boozer when he was really good. Like where now it's like, oh yeah, Pascal, like he's good. He's probably top 30 or whatever. There's just yeah, talent I think, everywhere. You know, he had a really... He he's an interesting one because I think he actually had like his trajectory adjusted a little bit from what people thought it was going to be, you know, when they won the title. And then um, when he took a step back the next year, kind of after that, and he, I don't know, his shooting was never like, he just never could really shoot consistently. But I mean, really good player. I would absolutely take him on my team, but Mm. um yeah, dude, this kid out of Minnesota is really, really good. Um, you know, Anthony Ant Man. He's really, yeah, he's really a freak. Good. He's, I mean, it's just crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's that's uh, it, it's just it's a fun time to watch the NBA. That's all I'd probably have to say. I mean, if you're not watching, you're missing out. Of course, if you're not, what's watching, your this podcast? What's your take on Carl Anthony Towns? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Minnesota is interesting because they actually probably should have won that series against Memphis, right? Or at least we, we should be looking at a game seven. I mean, they blew Maybe. three. I don't know. Three. They blew three double-digit leads against the Grizzlies. I mean, yeah. what is that about? I mean, at some point, someone has to take accountability for that. I mean, um, and so it's just a lack of – something you know to, i mean they literally could have knocked off um a much higher seeded team than them you know that would have been a major nba upset to take out the grizzlies and they could they could have easily done it yeah is that them blowing those double digit leads in three separate fourth quarters is that more that memphis just has a different level of drive than minnesota does or is it more minnesota blew it you know what I mean? Dude, it's gotta be it's gotta be both. I mean, it's gotta be both. But I will say this because the Warriors are about to play Memphis. And I'm I have been terrified of playing that team in the postseason. I did not I think in our last plot I even said that I do not want anything to do with that team in the postseason. I mean, they they slaughtered the Warriors in the regular season. This is a different Warriors team than was in the regular season because they had so many injuries. Yeah. I mean, they slaughtered them and that team plays with a massive chip on their shoulder. I mean, they hate the Warriors. They hate Steph. They hate Andre Iguodala. They hate, I mean, they just hate those guys. And they Dylan Brooks plays with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, Tyus Jones has a chip on his shoulder. That dude, Bain, is like a just a – all these guys, they play really, really hard, and they have mm-hmm. no regard for anyone else's body. I mean, they're just going to go right through your knee, your ankle. I mean, if the Warriors can come through this series – unscathed without injuries i will be shocked you know they have they have yeah. that like del vadovas like gear in them where they're just like yeah we might hurt you to beat you you know and yeah. um it's, it's just crazy so i want nothing to do Steven with even adams yeah i mean if the warriors can beat the grizzlies um and obviously i you know the warriors have all the talent in the world if the warriors can beat the grizzlies if they can do it without getting injured <laughs> I'll be shocked. Yeah. That'll be a fun series. Um, okay. Back tomorrow. to the nets. Yeah, that's right. Back to the nets really quick. 
So the Nets and the Sixers made this huge blockbuster trade at like right before the trade deadline, right? Yeah. Um, James Harden for Ben Simmons and Seth Curry. Was there anyone else? Those are the important pieces. Yeah, the important ones. So Ben Simmons, obviously. So, I, dude, I don't know what's going on there. It, it's got to be more mental than anything now that he just will not play basketball, but loves sitting courtside in his cool looking outfits and will rebound and stuff. Meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile, the Sixers getting James Harden when the trade happened, I remember thinking, oh man, Sixers are like for sure, for sure, for sure the favorite now because they basically, they basically went from one way to look at it is they got James Harden for free, right? Cause they're replacing a guy who didn't play at all for a guy who is potentially one of the best players in the league when he feels motivated. But I think we'd both agree that Harden, um, his production value is way, way lower than anyone thought it would be. Right. And now, now Embiid's injured. Um, I think Harden's only averaging like 17 points in the playoffs and he just doesn't move around. He, he doesn't know how to move off ball even a little bit. Um, and then meanwhile, in Brooklyn, Simmons isn't playing. So my question to you is, is Seth Curry the most valuable piece of that whole trade? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> as far as just wanting to play ball, absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah, uh, he, Seth Curry is a valuable basketball player in any team's rotation. He he contributes wherever he goes. I mean, you just need a guy who can hit it, you know, who can hit a shot. And that's what Seth Curry yeah. does. You know, he doesn't have that gear his brother has where he can, he just it goes into takeover mode. But if you, I mean, if you need a third or fourth option just to hit a shot when he's open, I mean, Seth Curry's your guy. I mean, what team doesn't need that? Yeah. Well, he's a guy that everyone wants because he, he knows his place in the team. He's not trying to take over games by himself. He's yeah. like, tell me where to go, where to be. I'll make the shot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, I mean, we got this, we got a matchup coming in the East, like no, that's Boston versus Milwaukee. I mean, that's a great matchup right there. I mean, really good. That's, that's really interesting. I mean, you got uh, multiple, I mean, just freak show basketball players, you know, Giannis Tatum, you know, Jalen Brown. I mean, that's going to be a really, really good series. Um, though this is Milwaukee missing one of their guards, Middleton, Middleton. Yeah, that's a yeah. big loss for them. Um, they yeah. have their hands full with Boston, you know, bringing Westland's own Peyton Pritchard to the table. I mean, Pritchard scorched. Good luck. Um, and then, I mean, Dallas and Phoenix. I mean, um, we got uh, Booker playing a little bit slow, maybe with his coming back early from a hamstring. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, Golden State and Memphis is going to be a bloodbath. And then there's this other series that it's like, does anyone really care right now about Miami and Philly? Like, is that kind of like irrelevant no. at this point? <laughs> no. Yeah. But what's weird is with Embiid, no one knows how long Embiid's going to be out. So, I don't know. There's a path for Miami to at least make the conference finals again, which is – yeah. I know they were the one seed, but I feel like just no one thinks about Miami. No one thinks about seriously. Them. Yeah. Yeah. No one thinks about them. It's really interesting. The East was, the East was an interesting conference last year. Um, I think maybe Milwaukee was kind of in coast mode defending champs, like 
Hey, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it's interesting. Um, yeah. So man, I, uh, think the Warriors were very lucky that Jordan Poole decided to play out of his mind for a couple games there. Yeah. Um, it was Steph coming back. Steph came back real slow from that injury. Didn't start how he averaged 27 points off the bench in a non-starting role, but, um, you know, wild didn't didn't miss a trick with pool starting hot. Anyway, he kind of came back to earth after that, but, um, yeah, uh, two or three really just on fire games for him really kept the Warriors moving. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Drew, anything else you wanted to touch on NBA before we sign off and check in in a little bit? Man, um, what else is there to discuss? I mean, we we gotta next time we get on, we can make some make some lists. That's what, uh, that's what people come for is our is our player mm-hmm. list. Okay, I have a I have a question, and I mean this seriously. Have you been watching uh, Winning Time on HBO? I have not. It's awesome. Any listeners out there? So probably just Brandon Kavanagh at this point. Uh, <laughs> Is really good, but the one of the funniest. This is sort of NBA news, but the way they depict Jerry West in the show is like he's just such a jerk and so angry and an alcoholic and a rageaholic. And uh, Jerry West has been going around saying, threatening to sue uh, HBO, and HBO's response was, "We interviewed enough people that we feel like we uh, formulated a correct picture of what you were like back then." It's awesome. I haven't watched the show. Is it coming? Is it all out or is it coming out like one week at a time? One week at a time. I think there's like two weeks left. It's regardless. I know most people hate the Lakers who listen to this and that's fine, but it's just a really fun, it's a fun show. It's really good. Yeah. I, uh, I haven't watched it. Um, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it a look. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I do. Hate well, the Drew, <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> this is fun. A good check-in. Um, <laughs> next time I see you, we'll be poolside in Palm Springs. Couple microphones. Shoot, I got to bleep that out. <laughs> yeah, bleep that out. A uh, couple bros, couple microphones, one giant pool. Yeah. Right, It'll be awesome. Uh, it'll be good. I'll be leaving the sun for the land of the sun. That's right. <laughs> mm. all right everyone thanks for wet, so. yeah thanks for listening one listener and uh not true brandon is our most loyal listener yes but that is not true i received texts from unknown numbers that said new drew and dan pod i'm subscribed so those people who subscribed to the pod got a little surprise notification when the last pod dropped uh-huh. out of nowhere um they wanted more Should we? Content, so i doubt they're still listening at this point but after our next pod all bachelorette content needs will be met should we make like a patreon or something and then if people give a certain amount of money we text them or like selfies <laughs> I, I usually just send everyone in my phone book a selfie anyway like at least once a week so yeah i guess that's true just yeah. airdrop random people yeah if they uh, pay us money on the Patreon, maybe I'll stop sending them selfies. Mm, that's a good deal. I'd make that deal. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We're signing off. We'll see you next time. Yeah.
said she in love, what's that? Trust, what's that? Us, what's that? Yeah, I'm married to the gang, don't be playing games. Only bringing flowers to the homies' grave. She said she in love, what's that? Trust, what's that? Us, what's that? Yeah, I'm married to the money, don't be playing games. Only bringing flowers to the homies' grave. Red Ferrari seats, saw my homies bled out on these streets. Makeup on my sheets, makeup sex, stress. Hope she leave, reaching for my keys. She like, where you going? Stay with me. Hate to see a bed, she don't want me dead. Posted on the block, when it's war, ain't no warning shots.